0: When you have a positive habit, a healthy, Mm -hmm. holy habit, what it does, like I said, it preserves your willpower. You don't have to try too hard to do it. You're just doing it. It's habit. So it requires a little self-control. It requires being attentive to our habits and and sometimes playing these little tricks on ourselves to make sure that we're actually in God's word. I I see habits all throughout scripture, and that's not to, to take away from the importance of information and theology. We need that, that's foundational. But it also has to work in to our regular lives and in a regular, habitual way.
1: Welcome to the podcast called "Your Future Self Will Thank You" with Drew Dick and Jeremy Slager. with secrets to self-control from the Bible and brain science. This podcast will help you make change that lasts. Your future self will thank you. Podcast: Self-control and habit building from a distinctly Christian perspective. So in the last episode, we talked about sin, self, and Satan, and how they try and hijack our good intentions and get us off course. And so now we are coming back with episode four, and we are going to try and talk about how do we fight back? What is it that we can do in our own lives? What can we develop with the power of the Holy Spirit, with our knowledge of the brain and the Bible, that we can change our lives for the better? And so I'm uh, Jeremy Slager, and I'm here with my co-host.
0: Drew Dick,
1: we're back. And And we are ready to... I want
0: to say, it's not going to be as dark this time, okay? Like I said, we talked about (laughs) sin and fallenness and Satan last time, all very necessary topics to address, but this time, hopefully a little sunnier, a little more practical.
1: That's right. You've got to go through the valleys so that you can (laughs) know how great it is to be on the mountaintop. There you go. And so what we are gonna try and discover today is what do we need to do to develop better habits? Because clearly the habits that we have right now can only take us so far, and we need to get serious about understanding what a habit is, how it's formed, and how we can make it into something that lets us follow God more closely. And so Drew, I was just wanting to ask you, um, what is it that we need to do to make better habits?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, um, I just want to explain a little bit about what a habit is, because I think sometimes we don't really, mm-hmm. you know, know what we're talking about. We may have Our habit's idea. always bad. Right, exactly. And no, they're not, right? There are good habits and bad habits. But the way this relates to willpower, I think, is important, too. We, we talked about willpower in an earlier episode. But willpower is that emotional energy you need to do hard things. And researchers, like we talked about, have discovered that it's a limited resource, it's finite, it runs out. And so you cannot simply continue to exert yourself indefinitely, you cannot continue to withstand temptation indefinitely, your willpower is limited. So this is where habits come in, they're so important because habits are unconscious routines that you do, Mm -hmm. things that you don't even really have to think about. And the beauty of them is, you don't have to expend willpower when you're in a habit. Right. The guy who gets up and runs five miles every morning, he's not psyching himself up to do it. He does it automatically. Um, And I do not do that, by the way. Anyway, um, but that's the beauty of habits. And the best way to use your limited willpower is to invest them in creating new habits. Mm
1: -hmm. And from what I remember from reading your future self will thank you is that not every habit is created equal that it sounded like there are some habits that are more important to start with than others.
0: Right. So researchers talk about what they call keystone habits. And keystone habits are things that are beneficial in and of themselves, Mm -hmm. but they also have the effect of helping you in all areas of your life. So, for instance, um, there's been a lot uh, written about how having dinner together every night as a family is a keystone habit for your family. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is. It's it's and it's, it's been something I've been mindful of since reading that. You know, making sure that we don't just sit on the couch watching TV, eating our dinner, but actually getting around a table uh, every <laughs> night, which can be challenging, especially with small children. But uh-huh. there are all these amazing kind of benefits that come with that: higher grades for your kids in school, oh, really? uh, marriages tend to stay together more, and of course, it's always tricky teasing out cause and correlation, right, uh, yeah. when it comes to these things. But Hey, that's important. If people that have dinner together every night as a family have all these other better outcomes in other areas of their life, that's something you want to pay attention to. Another keystone habit is exercise. So oh, yeah. when you exercise in a day, you're actually more productive in your work. Um, you, you will be more self-controlled in other areas of your life as well. Uh, and then this is interesting. Prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer is a proven keystone habit as well it exerts this kind of positive influence across your life. And as Christians, of course, that's not terribly surprising to us.
1: Yeah, is there, from your research, is there anything that you could discover kind of in the the brain science aspect? What's going on in your brain with like a keystone habit? Why does it seem to to trickle down to all the other habits? Right, well, I don't know if there's a lot um, of research on
0: that per se, you know, differentiating keystone habits from just regular old habits. But there, there is a lot of interesting things that happen in the brain when a habit's formed, right? Yes. At first, when you're doing something that's novel or difficult or unfamiliar, it's, it's taking place in your prefrontal cortex. And mm-hmm. then when it becomes a habit, it actually gets relegated to a different place deep inside the brain where it just, so it frees up your prefrontal cortex to do new things. Anyway, yeah. interesting. so it, that it, you're actually changing your brain at a fundamental level oh, when wow. you create a new habit. Now that can be very bad, right because if it's a bad habit like smoking or or you know exploding in anger or those kinds of things, right yeah um, those are very hard to break because they're things that you just slip into automatically and you're not even actually thinking about them when you do them. Uh, but there's a flip side to that and when the, when you have a positive habit, healthy mm-hmm. holy habit what it does like i said it preserves your willpower you don't have to try too hard to do it you're just doing it it's habit
1: yeah i was i had heard recently about how we're kind of discovering some new things because of the the computer programming revolution where we're mm-hmm. discovering some tasks are easy to program and some are really hard like it's easy for a computer to program a math problem and have the it solved that math problem but it's really complicated to try and program for a driverless car mm-hmm. even though for me if i was to be given a complex calculus problem and given the task of driving from downtown to chicago to my home i would say that that driving task is a lot easier to do right <laughs> so what you're saying is that the the habit loop the the transfer of that information in my brain has made this really difficult task easy. Wow. And I just need to do more work in calculus so that it becomes second nature to me.
0: Well, you and me both then. Uh, my my <laughs> calculus is a little rough. <laughs> I think it's stuck somewhere like around ninth grade. Um, yeah. And so it is interesting. There's there's There are different um, numbers uh, of days that it takes a habit to form. So mm-hmm. the, the number that gets bandied about a lot that you may have seen is like 30 days for a habit to form. Um, and that's true of very simple tasks, right? If it's just something that's very kind of easy to Mm -hmm. to, um, get into your life, it may only take 30 days. For more complex days, or sorry, for more complex habits, um, the number is 66 days Mm. is what I've seen. And so, yeah, and, and this, again, it's like, you know, I think back over my life. And uh, the many times that I've tried to initiate a new practice, say a, a spiritual discipline or exercise regimen or whatever, and so often I stop around two or three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if I could have just persevered through that, that crucial window um, of, of, that it takes to form a habit, it would have had a way better chance of sticking in my life. Um, so that's, that's something to be mindful of it may be difficult at first everything is ha- habits aren't just life hacks right it's yeah. they're, they're hard at first right because it yeah. takes a lot of effort and intentionality to do them but the beautiful thing is once you do them regularly they actually become almost effortless
1: mm. they they become desirable by the end as well right you actually look forward to to these habits that you once had to muster up a bunch of courage and Dread to get through
0: there are people that actually look forward to running every day They're completely (laughs) they're completely sick in the head, but they look forward to it. No (laughs) And here's another thing I want to say about habits really quick And I know we're kind of nerding out on all these details, but I think it's important There are actually three parts to a habit, right? There's the cue. That's what initiates the habit Uh, Mm -hmm. Kind of provokes you to do something. There's the Mm -hmm. routine itself, and that's the actual behavior Mm -hmm. and then there's a reward there's some sort of payoff, and that is yeah. so crucial because it actually cements the habit in place. Um, so yeah. we
1: probably see those habit loops, cue, action, reward, probably most clearly in our bad habits. Right. Yes. It's, it's so like I mean- Like smoking, like you have yep. that cue of you see it, you have the action, you have the reward of the, the calm that the tobacco brings and the nicotine brings, and it's, it cements this loop in your brain. Yeah, and that's really powerful. So yeah, for a smoker, it may be just stepping outside is
0: the cue. Oh, oh they feel that fresh air. I need a cigarette, right? And then the, the the smoking is the behavior. And then the you're right, the 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 reward is probably the nicotine hitting your bloodstream and releasing some dopamine. I don't know. Um and so this is the key. When you want to create a new habit, you want to do surgery on the habit loop. Yeah. Ideally, you want to keep the cue the the same, change yeah. the behavior and then keep a reward as well. So, in the example of the smoker, maybe instead when you step outside you keep that routine the same, but now when you step outside in the morning, you're going to go for a run rather mm-hmm. than smoke, right? Yeah. And now that, so the behavior's changed and then the reward instead of being the nicotine hitting your bloodstream, it may be the endorphins that are released when you run. You get that yeah. runner's high, right? And so yeah, when you're in another thing I want to say about habits, start small. I think the mm-hmm. worst thing that people do to sabotage themselves is they 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 wake up and they go, I'm going to go run five miles or I'm going to read like a whole book of the Bible. I remember you talking to me about this where you're like, I'm going to memorize a book of the Bible. My goodness, yeah. man, that's a great lifetime goal, but don't try to do that like in the first month, right? I yeah. mean, get up and just say, I'm going to read three verses, something just like yeah. incredibly accomplishable. And what that does, though, if you do it consistently, it becomes a habit and then you can build on that mm-hmm. later down the road and, and be silly about it. Like if, if you want to start exercising, walk around the block once, come back, give yourself a piece of chocolate as a reward because yeah. you're trying to play a trick on your brain to try to cement in these habits. So mm-hmm. that that's, that's the key to keep in mind. It may feel a little silly, <laughs> but it is, it's surprisingly effective.
1: Yeah. And so, it, and so we learn in the bad habits about the, the habit loop. But we can also kind of perform a little jujitsu on the habit and take (laughs) that momentum and apply it to the good habits of using the cue, creating a new action with a better reward. And so I'm wondering if you'd be able to maybe help me out with some of the habits that I'm trying to put into my life and maybe give me (laughs) some hacks as to what I can do to put surgery on that habit loop in my own life.
0: Nice. Okay, I'll try my best.
1: So, this is the first one, and I am I am ashamed and embarrassed at how long I've been trying to change this part about me. It's probably been, well, since I was 16, I've always wanted to have this quiet, peaceful morning reading the Bible. Ah, where yes. I wake up and I have that cup of coffee ready, and I have my Bible open, and I have time to read it and to pray, and then I start my day filled up and ready to go. Mm. That's my ideal, and for years, I've set my alarm early so that (laughs) I could do this pretty much every single day, and yet, if you ask my wife as to how many times I've actually gotten up at that early time, it's you probably don't even need to take off your shoes to count that high. (laughs) So what is it that I need to do? Because when I wake up, instead of reading my Bible, I hit snooze two or three times Uh and I get up and I'm late. And so I'm rushing around. And by the time I get food ready, I have a couple minutes. And so I don't want to get my Bible out. And so I just pull up Twitter or Facebook or whatever it Uh is and look at the news real quick. Don't have time. And I promise myself once I get to work, then I will read my Bible. And yes. then emails happen, and instead of doing reading it then, then it's, well, at lunch, I'll have time. But then I'm hungry.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And you can just imagine where this goes in my life.
0: Yeah, no. And, and the struggle is real, I know, from my own personal experience. And this is, and I'll, first of all, I'll tell a little bit of my story because I've had the exact same struggle. I think this is a really common <laughs> thing. And it's it's uncanny because I'll say to myself the night before, I'm going to wake up, the first thing, I want to start the day in God's Word, right? Yeah. What, what better way to start the day? Just kind of sets the tone for the entire entire day, but instead, what I was doing, I found, was rolling out of bed and grabbing my phone off my nightstand mm. first thing in the morning and jumping on social media. Mm-hmm. Which there's nothing wrong with social media, I guess, but that's just not the day the way to start your day is like seeing people fighting and all the you know, news headlines and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what I had to do is I had to do a little surgery on the habit loop. I had a habit. The cue was seeing my phone on my nightstand, mm-hmm. right, and reaching for it. The payoff was probably, oh, I learned what's going on, you know, and I'm consuming Mm -hmm. this content. Um, And so what I I, and I tried for like almost a month to just, you know, overcome that and read my Bible. And every time I even had a a Bible app on my phone, but instead I'd I'd start maybe reading it and then I'd go over and check Twitter and Facebook. So what I ended up having to do is actually banish my phone, not from my room entirely, but I put it on the other side of my room. Yeah. dragged my big black Bible out of retirement, plunked it on my <laughs> nightstand, <laughs> like shot up a cloud of dust as it landed. Uh-huh. Um, but it was actually really amazing because now I rarely um, miss reading my Bible in the morning. And it's it's not mm. because I'm you know incredibly holy or something. It's because when I roll out of bed, I've been conditioned to consume content. But now yeah. instead of reaching for my phone, I'm reaching for my Bible. So if you haven't already, I'd encourage you A, to go analog, don't try to read yeah. the Bible on your phone. Get, get your big physical Bible. Put it right near where you wake up. Um, yeah. if, the, if the the struggle is getting up early enough to actually read it, um, you may want to think of some reward. I don't know what it is. It could be like like a cookie by your nightstand or something yeah. that if you don't slap the snooze and you actually get up, you get that immediate reward for getting up uh-huh. a little early and, and spending some time in the Word. Because um, I know how it is. Yeah, you, you. if you get on your phone, especially, all of a sudden, we both have small kids, a kid comes into the room, they've got a request, oh, then I'm um, late for work, you're going, and then the day starts, and in the craziness of the day, it's just not going to happen. So you really need to make mm-hmm. it happen. First thing is my opinion.
1: Yeah, and, and I wonder what you think about this, too, because as, as good, pious Christian people, oh, yeah. we often want to tell ourselves that reading God's Word is its own reward. Right. And and obviously it is. But what's going on like in our brains and in our hearts that is it OK that we want another reward like a cookie? Right. Well, yeah. And this is something
0: I've struggled with, too, because I believe like in my bones that the Bible is the word of God. Yeah. And I want to commune with my creator by reading his word, right? Mm-hmm. And by praying and doing these spiritual disciplines that I believe are so important. And yet, in some bizarre way, I can't translate that information into action. But yes. often, it's because we fail to realize that we are habitual creatures, right? Mm-hmm. And no, I mean, here's the deal. Looking at Facebook, updates on Facebook, is a lot more entertaining than reading Leviticus, <laughs> okay, that doesn't mean you're an unholy person. That's yeah. just reality. The Bible is a big, beautiful, but daunting book. It was mm-hmm. written, you know, millennia ago, and it's not always easy reading. It's something that requires discipline. And yes, yeah. the rewards are tremendous, And but we're not going to naturally just kind of do it because it's the most entertaining thing to do. So it requires a little self-control. It requires being attentive to our habits and and, and sometimes playing these little tricks On ourselves to make sure that we're actually in god's word that's amazing
1: yeah and and i wonder if what does the bible say about developing habits because i was as i was thinking about this was just realizing how god as our creator knows how we work knows how Mm -hmm. how to best encourage change in us and so i think of all the way back like in deuteronomy when he's giving the law to the people of israel he tells them like, to hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Write these things down. Put them on the doorways in your house. Talk to them with your kids when you're going on the way. He's he's almost like taking it out of just the, the cerebral world, and he's saying, make a habit of it. When you right. see the word of God, touch it, kiss it, recite a prayer. He's like developing habit loops.
0: Right, and you're doing these things regularly. Yeah, when you read the Old Testament, when you read um, all of the the festivals and the laws and the rituals and the routines that the Israelites had to go through yeah. at, at the direction and command of God, right sometimes you're like, well, just a minute, God, wouldn't they get this the first 500 times they did it, right? <laughs> um, and yeah. I think part of that is, and I don't want to be anachronistic and say, oh, these are just habits, right? There's a lot going on there. But God knows we're, we're, we're people that, um, that, we're creatures that forget, that yeah. we, we need that repetition. We need the ritual and the routines built into our lives to really get something. And incidentally, it's it's no different, really, even though we don't adhere to the, um, the Old Testament commands as Christians, uh, or not all of them anyway, uh, especially the the, the rituals. Um, but even in the church, we have that, right? Why do we gather every Sunday and listen to truths that presumably we already know often, that we already believe? It's because we're leaky, we forget, we need to be reminded, we need to gather. Interestingly, one of the only uses of the word habit in Scripture is mm. talking about do not um, neglect the habit of gathering together. You yeah. talk about Keystone Habit. I think that's huge. And and we've seen this in the literature bear out. People that attend church, there are all kinds of benefits, health-wise, um, for your mental health, you name it, um, mm-hmm. from just attending to gathering with with the body of Christ every week. So, yes, I, I see habits all throughout scripture, and that's not to you know to take away from the importance of information and theology. We need that, that's foundational, but it also has to work in to our regular lives and in a regular habitual way.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that would be such an interesting thing to talk about maybe in the next episode. Maybe we can talk about what habits are in scripture that I guess, from my experience, we usually call them spiritual disciplines. Right. And so how do we develop those spiritual disciplines and also some of the disciplines that our culture is trying to put on us through technology?
0: Oh, that's good. And yeah.
1: how do those things, how could they work together or how do they fight? How can we, as mindful Christians, both be disciplined and live in the world that we live in?
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge challenge for us, especially with just the inundation of new media and technology in our lives. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that.
1: All right. Well, thanks for thanks for the time today and we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. It's been fun. We'll do it again. You have been listening to the Future Self Podcast. If you enjoyed what you just heard, subscribe and leave a review wherever you find your podcasts. Your Future Self Podcast, self-control and habit building from a distinctly Christian perspective. We'll see you next time.